Can you give a worship of praise? For, amen. For the praise team this morning, lead us in worship. We appreciate Whitney is, uh, I guess you could say she's furloughed, temporarily furloughed, so the, uh, during the uh, pandemic, so it's good to have her ministering this morning. Uh, we appreciate all of the praise team. I appreciate Scott. I don't know if Scott is, Scott is everywhere. He is, he is like Santa Claus. He is everywhere, and uh, I appreciate him and uh, helping and leading with connections. Is anyone here for the first time, or maybe it's been a really, really long time since you've been here? Uh, I, don't, I don't think we have anybody, but if, just in case, flash your lights real good. Let us know. Anybody that's been a first time in a really, really long time, a year or two years, three years, or maybe this is your first time. Okay. Because we want, we want to connect with you if we, uh, if we possibly can. Well, you know, we, uh, of course, we're all very well aware why, we're, why we are here doing church the way that we're doing church this morning. And it's because of uh, a, a little nasty microorganism that we call a virus. And in the sense of that virus, uh, it has changed our world. Not just our world, but it's changed the entire world. Uh, nothing is what we call normal. And I think about if some of you all are familiar with with uh, Pastor Ring, Pastor David Ring. Uh, you know, uh, he suffers from, I believe it's illness or muscular dystrophy, one of the two. But he says, what is normal? Because he has, uh, he has difficulties with... Uh, his speech and his mobility and all. And he said, what is normal? He said, maybe I'm normal. Maybe the rest of you all are the ones that's weird. But we, uh, but we have this time when, when everything is sort of upside down in our life. Yesterday, uh, you know, uh, Sarah and myself, we were like, we're just like the rest of you all. It's because we uh, are in full-time ministry doesn't mean that we're, we're necessarily different than you. But we heard yesterday that uh, a couple businesses that were closing down, one which we particularly are quite fond of as far as, uh, you know, it caters to our needs. It's a store that we like to, to go to and frequent. And uh, we talked to the owner just a few days ago, and, and he, he identified that he was having a struggle, but we didn't have any idea that he was getting close to shutting down. But that's what we heard yesterday in the next two weeks. He's probably going out of business. And that's sad. It's very sad. It's, it's almost can be depressing when we begin to look and watch and think about things. The other day, Sarah was talking with someone on the phone about some struggles that they were having. And uh, as she spoke with this person, I, I wasn't in on the conversation, but I did hear Sarah say this to that lady. She said, quit watching the news. She said, quit watching the news. Quit listening to all this stuff, quit, you know, and, uh, you know, social media, the news, uh, whatever form you get it in, TV, radio, even, I assume the newspapers, although I don't see those, it, it, it all has things that, that the majority of it is negative. Very, very little of it is positive content. So we go through, we've been through this time and we all have been set back. We've been set back just a little bit. And of course, I think we identify with what setback means. It means that we, we, we've taken some step backwards or, or, or we've been pushed to the end of the line, so to speak. 
If you have your Bibles with you today, or uh, you know, if you have your phone or your iPad, whatever it is, or just just write down the scriptures so you can read them later. But I want you to turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter six. And as you go to Joshua chapter six, you'll find there uh, a very familiar passage of scripture of, uh, that records Joshua going into a city that's called Jericho and and you find that, that Jericho is conquered in a very unconventional way. And as Jericho is conquered in an unconventional way, what you ha- what you happen to find and the, the wind's not cooperating with my pages here, but what you find at the end of chapter six, in those last few verses, you find that Joshua uh, is is doing pretty good. In other, and I, I wrote down this uh, this note for myself here. I wrote down that the ball is in Joshua's court at the end of chapter six. At the end of chapter six, we find that 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 he is conquered under God's plan. He has conquered uh, Jericho, and then you uh, also read about there uh, that there was still a problem, and you find out that the Lord was with Joshua and fame spread throughout the land. But then as you go into chapter 7, you find out that the Israelites had acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted thing. This is chapter 1. Or excuse me, verse 1, chapter 7, verse 1. But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimrath, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. So Joshua, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy, out, and spy out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people will have to go up against Ai, Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not worry all the people, for only a few men are there. So about three thousand men went up, and they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries, and struck them down on the slopes. At this the hearts of the people melted, and they became like water." Then Joshua tore his clothes, and he fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord remaining there until evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Ah, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of Jordan, O Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out your name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? What we find in this story is that the thought I want to leave you with or convey to you this morning is that there is hope in bouncing back from setbacks. You see, uh, Joshua was, was, was doing very well. He was, as we would say, he was living pretty high on the hog, if you would. 
He, uh, he had went into Jericho. He conquered Jericho. He had followed God's order. He had even got, he had even got these thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people to obey the word of the Lord. And let me tell you, from a pastor, from a pastor's heart, that's remarkable in itself. I said they must, they must not have been Pentecostals because they were all quiet on all those trips around that wall until Joshua gave the time, uh, summons the command for them to shout aloud. But everything was good. He was surrounded with fame. If you go back and you read chapter 6 there, you read that the, the fame of Joshua spread far and near. And now there's a little bitty town, I, a little bitty town, I, spelled A-I in your scripture, and in that little town, I, you find that, that if Joshua sent out his spies, it was going to be a pretty easy deal. You know, it was like, it was like hey, you know, we're going to send up <coughs> a few people, and we're just going to get this done in a big hurry. We're going to get this taken care of. And if you caught what I read to you in the Scripture, you find out that that didn't happen. They went up, and, and, and they were defeated. And then, and then now of their defeat, 36 of them were killed. And it was a setback to Joshua. Right now, you and I have setbacks going on in our life. Right now, you know, we, we saw, we, we have been living the past year or so, we've been living in some of the best economic times this country has ever known. Businesses have been flourishing. Your 401ks or whatever retirement you may have has been doing well. We've been, we've been buying. We've been, we've bought new cars, we bought, you know, new trucks, we bought new house furnishings, we bought new boats, we bought new motorcycles, you know, we could go on and all this stuff that we've been buying and we've been investing in. Things have been good, but all of a sudden, things are coming, it seems like, are coming to our, have come to a screeching halt. We've got a setback going on. We've got a setback going on. I, I was talking to someone Yesterday, and they were talking about their children playing, and they said, you know, the kids are going crazy. They don't have anything to do. They don't have anything to do. They're having to go out and, uh, like, play in the woods and, and play out in the field and stuff like that. I said, my goodness, that's the way I grew up. That's what I knew. You know, we didn't have, you know... You know, I, we, we didn't have the, the, the interest that young people have today, and I understand times change and, and they evolve. But quite honestly, uh, Sarah and I have, we, we, we are, it, in some ways it's a, a little, it is hard for us in some ways, but, but we sat down and was doing some just rough calculations, just simply eating, eating at home because our lifestyle has changed. We're not on the road as much right now. There's no place to go. I don't. I can't go do visits. I can call. We we've been calling. We've been writing cards and and letters and things to people. But 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 our lifestyle has changed. We have actually ate at home now for three weeks in a row. That's unreal. That's remarkable. I have snuck out once or twice as a disclaimer. We we have we have went through the drive-through at Chick Fil A a couple times. But, but, but it's, it's a setback in our life. It's changed our life. We feel like we have gone backward in a degree of speaking. But I want to leave you with the thought about how we respond to our setback is more important than the setback itself. Life has always had setbacks. This country has been through setbacks before. The world has been through setbacks. 
Let me tell you something. The church has been through setbacks. This week, you know, this past weekend, a week ago today, we were here at this same place and we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, some of us call it. And as we celebrated that, let me tell you something. When when the followers of Jesus Christ, even his own mother, when they watched Jesus being nailed to a cross and they're giving up the ghost and being taken to a tomb, that was a setback. For them, because they didn't really understand the resurrection. There hadn't been one yet. When they got to the tomb and the tomb was empty, it wasn't, it wasn't really something they understood what was going on until Jesus began to reveal himself to them. And, and, and on that road to Emmaus, we see great things begin to unfold. But the, the setback itself is not the important thing, but what is important is how we respond to it. Those, those followers of Jesus, they responded in a positive fashion. They, they, they began to pick up and they began to follow Jesus, even though they had questions, unanswered questions in their mind. They trusted Him. So you and I, we must also choose to trust Jesus. We can choose to pass out or we can choose to press on. We, we can faint under the load, we can faint under the pressure, we can faint under the burden, or we can say, I'm going to press on. So what if I don't get to eat out? So what if my favorite business closed? And I feel for the businesses that are having to close. I read something the other day that, that, that gave a, this an unreal, it was like 43 businesses, 43% of businesses will not make it through this pandemic. But you know what? I'm, I'm not passing out, I'm going to press on. Whatever comes, whether we ever get back to church as normal, that's okay. What is normal anyway? I'm not going to pass out. I'm going to press on. Whatever takes place in your life, whatever's happening in your life, you can't pass pass out, but you must press on. You see, setbacks are actually setups for God to work. Setbacks are setups for God to work. For Joshua, there was a setback. There was a setback. He went to being all the fame and all the claim to fame and all the glory that Joshua was having all of a sudden turned to embarrassment when he sent a few couple thousand guys up to I. And as they go up to I, there they are routed around and 36 of them, 10% of them are killed. And and we find that, that the fame of Joshua suddenly takes a setback. All of the glory of Joshua suddenly comes into question, if you would. But I want you to know this. None of us, in the, the Bible tells us plainly, we overcome by the word of our testimony. That, and we will never have a testimony if we don't first have a test. If we don't first have a test, we will never be able to experience a testimony. If there is not a crisis, there will not be a miracle. If there is not difficulty, there will not be deliverance. You see, the setbacks are setups that are used by God to bring us into a place of testimony. What we have to be careful about is not letting the setbacks define who we are. This is probably one of my favorite examples. I love it. I use it probably more often than I should. But I like it. I never was a baseball player, but I... For a number of years, I really followed baseball pretty close, and I loved it. Go Atlanta Braves. But 
Babe Ruth, probably the most one of the most renowned baseball players of all time, Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs. That's phenomenal. He is known as the home run king for many years, and he's still uh, his his stats are remarkable. But but in the midst of 714 home runs, Babe Ruth actually drew 2,062 walks. He that he didn't even hit the ball. But what's even more remarkable than that? is to think about Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times. 1,330 times. Almost twice the number of home runs Babe Ruth hit, he struck out. But he didn't quit. He didn't stop swinging the bat. He didn't stop going after the ball. He kept chasing it. Steve Jobs, some of y'all, and I use him for an illustration of uh, of, of our of our millennial generation, Steve Jobs, and uh, you know he was the the guru of Apple, if you would. He was very renowned in the in the world of technology. Steve Jobs was fired from his very own company that he started long before he went to work for Apple, but he didn't take that as a setback. He continued to pursue the giftings and the talents. And use the what he had, use what he had in his life. And and you know, we we if you know anything about him, you know the end of the story. And then I think about a guy that he he didn't qualify to even join the army. The army rejected him back in a, a time when they were drafting. He went through bankruptcy. He was fired from a newspaper job because he lacked creativity. Third, because he lacked creativity. And this guy that, that went through all of those setbacks, his name was Walt Disney, created the, one of the greatest, perhaps one of the greatest entertainment empires and movie empires in all of the world, the magical kingdom, if you would. But he didn't stop when the setbacks came. He kept pursuing, and he kept going after. Listen, these examples that I've named, they were the pursuit of, of secular gain, if you would, of secular activity, of, of secular giftings, if you would. We have a far greater promise than Babe Ruth, Steve Jobs, or Walt Disney ever had in the sense of uh, that we are followers of Jesus Christ this morning. And we have his precious promises, his promises that are truth. They are not relative. They are absolute truth. They are not based on circumstances. They are not based on situations. But they are, But our hope is based on the word of God and the faithfulness of God. And no matter what comes, no matter what, what economy may collapse, what pandemic may occur, if we will trust God and we will have our faith in Him, we will bounce back from every setback and we will be what God has called us to be and we will do what God has called us to do and we will go where God has called us to go because He is faithful to honor us as we honor Him. But there's four areas I want to touch on this morning. As we pursue God, there's four areas. And I want you to take note of these. The first area is 
We should be wise and pay attention to what's going on around us ahead of time. You know, sometimes us Christians, we're just like, you know, when I was when I when I learned how to drive, and even in my even in my early in my early my teen years and in my in my twenties, I think I think I was like. I don't know. I, I was probably in my thirties before I ever had a car with cruise control on it. My late wife was scared to death of it. She said, "When you got it on cruise control, you are not a, you're not a bit more in control than anything in the world." And it scared her. She didn't like it. She wouldn't use it. But you know, we I like cruise control on my car. Keeps you from getting tickets, amen? <laughs> Unless you set it too high. I, I like I like cruise control, you know, because it sort of helps you relax while you're driving. You can set it. You don't have to worry too much about tickets. And, and you can just get out there and just roll out. It is what it says it is. It's cruise control. You realize oftentimes in our Christian walk that we find ourselves on cruise control? I don't have the answers. I don't have an explanation of the pandemic. I don't have an explanation of the virus. I know there's a lot of speculations. There's a lot of theories right now. I don't have answers for any of them. I don't know where it came from, why it came, or any of that. But I can tell you this. I do see that I think that this, this pandemic has called a, caused a staring among the followers of Jesus Christ that have been on cruise control too long, and now they realize, hey, I've been caught off guard. We hear it a lot in the medical field right now. You're hearing a lot, as, whether it's our president or other officials in the world that are giving their, their speeches and their briefings, and they talk about how we weren't prepared for this and we weren't prepared for that. Well, let me tell you something. I think a lot of Christians weren't prepared for what's going on. But I think because of the grace of God and the mercies of Jesus Christ and the working of the Holy Ghost, He is rising the church to a new level, to a new dimension out of all of this. He is bringing us to a new place in Him. He is, the church will never more be the same. The church in our generation is going to be different. So we must be wise. And we must pay attention ahead of time. We can't afford to be on cruise control. We can't afford to be relaxed. Even the smallest of things will tend to be significant in our, in our lives. And we need to be faithful to stand our watch. Stand our watch and stand our guard. And we must realize that setbacks, these setbacks are beyond our control, even as Christians. We can't control them. We can't fix them. We can't do anything about them except pray. That's the most effective thing we can do is just pray and seek the face of the Lord. For, for these times of setbacks, for these, these seasons when everything seems to be haywire, hopefully we are praying during this time. And then thirdly, don't be satisfied with superficial results. And I, I, I connect that with praying. Don't be satisfied with superficial results. I, I thought about this thought. I guess it's sort of simple in its, in its existence. 
But I thought, how often times do we as Christians eat fast food? We're content eating fast food when the king has made the invitation for us to sit at the table. You know? We go through and get us some old greasy McDonald's french fries. Been in that fryer for about an hour and a half or so. Grease hasn't been changed in that fryer for two or three days. Maybe two or three weeks. And we, we, we're hungry. We'll go buy, we'll go buy, spiritually speaking. We'll go buy and get us a, we'll go buy and get an old greasy cold McDonald's french fry. That's killing us. Amen, Mike Dillo? Killing us. Killing us. Those old greasy french fries. When all the time, and we'll be satisfied with eating those greasy french fries, when all the time we have been invited to sit at the king's table. Are you with me? We've been invited to sit at the king's table. You don't get greasy french fries at the king's table. You get filet mignon. You, you, you get, you get uh, squash casserole. You get cherry cheesecake for dessert. When you sit at the king's table, you get the best of the best of the best. And so oftentimes, we are, we as Christians, we're satisfied in our prayer life with superficial results. And, and we'll, we'll eat the fast food instead of realizing we have opportunity to go in and sit at the king's table. I think right now it is a critical time for the church to be pressing in to the, to the altar, pressing in to the presence of God, pressing in to our prayer closets, pressing in to God. God, we're not, this, we're, we're not, this, this thing is not about us reopening our church doors. This thing is about awakening in the world. Whether we get to open our doors or not, we, Maybe we do our services outside on the parking lot for a long, long time. But it's about an awakening of God's people, but not only awakening among God's people, but awakening of a world that is lost and is dying and on a road to hell. God, awaken us out of our sleep. Awaken us out of our slumber. And let us move into a dimension that we have not been with you at least for a long time. And then going back, if you still have your Bibles open, if you want to go back to the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua, chapter 8, there are verses 1 through 8, you'll find an, an, a brief outline of how we're to encourage ourselves. Because the Lord specializes in us bouncing back. It, it's not the Lord's will that any of us stay pressed down. It's not, and listen, I realize depression is real, anxiety is real. I, I was, I was telling, uh, Sarah this morning, I read a news report from a, a legitimate news source that said that calls, the calls on suicidal and mental, mental health type hotlines during this pandemic has increased 891%. 891%. Anxiety is real. Depression is real. Those things exist. I, I don't deny them. I, you know, sometimes I have to fight things like that. So do you. Some people are more given to it than others. I realize that. There's nothing wrong with seeking professional help in those cases. But, but, but I want you to know this. The Lord doesn't want us to remain in that state. 
He doesn't want us to stay in that frame of mind. He doesn't want us to remain oppressed and depressed and overcome with fears and anxieties. The Lord wants to to restore us in the midst of the setback. When we get to Joshua chapter 8, you begin to see the restoration of Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 8 verse 1, reading from the New International Wording, the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. And that is the word that I want to leave with you this morning. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You may feel set back. You may feel overwhelmed. You may wonder what's going to happen. You may wonder, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to have a job to go back to? Is my business going to survive? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Right now, thousands and thousands of thoughts are running through our minds. But let me tell you this. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Because, you see, after Joshua went through the defeat and I, it was inflicted because Achan and his, his band of merry men had taken the, the, the Babylonian treasure. But understand this, God did not punish Joshua forever. God did not punish Israel forever. There was restoration. There was forgiveness. There was grace. There was mercy. And God has that same thing for us right now in 2020. So today, do not be afraid. And do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I want you to do this with me. If y'all want to go ahead and prepare that last song, it would be great. Don't be afraid. And don't be discouraged. You say, but Pastor, but man, you're not you're not facing the things that I'm facing. I'm probably not. You're not facing the things that I'm facing either. But throughout this pandemic, I, the 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 scripture that states that fear hath torment has just resonated in my mind. Fear hath torment. Do I have concerns? Absolutely I have concerns. There's been some nights that I've laid awake almost all night long and I've wondered, well, what's going to happen? What's going to take place? You know, are we are we going to survive? Are we going to, you know, I thought about us as a church, or financially, are we going to survive as a church? And you all have proved my worries were in vain because you all have been so faithful. Or, or uh, you know, what's what what's going to happen to us as a nation, as a country? Are we going to be given over to martial law? Are we going to, uh, you know, are we going to be given over to socialism? Uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to. I just chose to trust God. I can't be afraid, and I can't be discouraged. I have to trust Him. So today, whether you're watching my Facebook Live, or if you're sitting here in your car and you're parking in this parking lot, today I want to read that to you one more time. The Lord said to Joshua, He said, Do not be afraid, and do not be discouraged. The only way that you're going to overcome fear and discouragement is going to be through faith. Faith Faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is greater than any obstacle. You know, years ago there was a 
Pentecostal holiness guy. His name was Laverne Tripp. I don't even know if Laverne is still alive or not. But Laverne Tripp, used to, he, was a, he was one of us Pentecostal holiness people. And he wrote a song that said something about the mountain. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. And God is just going to take care of us and bless us in all this. So right now, wherever you're at, wherever you're at in life right now, physically, if you're on this parking lot or if you're watching by Facebook Live or you're watching it just later in the week, I want to pray right now with you and I want you to believe that Jesus Christ is just going to take care of you. Now, you know, if, if you're listening to this or if you're watching this and and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. You're not a believer in Jesus Christ. You're not born again. Then you don't have a lot to fall back on. Except the fact that God is faithful, He's merciful, and He's good. And He is just to forgive you all of your sins. So this morning, if you're here on the parking lot, if you're watching, let me, let me give you good news. Paul said, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you've got faith, and you do, because every man is given a measure of faith, if you'll call on him and you'll believe Jesus Christ, the resurrected Savior in your heart, you believe him as your Savior. Just ask him to forgive you of your sin. And then with your mouth, you will declare that He is Lord of my life. According to Scripture, you shall be saved. You'll be branded if you would. But we don't like to think about that. You know, when, when we talk branded, you think about the old cowboy movies, baby, and somebody got, got branded, got the, they put their, burned their number into the hide of a calf or something like that. But listen, when, when, when we receive Jesus Christ, we are sealed until the day of redemption. There's a lot of talk right now about the possibility of biochips being planted in the skin of, of people all over the world to do commerce with, to eliminate handling money and credit cards. And, and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of apprehension about that. And I, I, I'm one of those people. But let me tell you something. No matter if we have dollar bills or uh, if, if there's microchips or credit cards with chips or whatever it is, uh, you know what? I, I trust the one that owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And he will take care of me and he will bless me and he will watch out over me and all that I have. So today, if you don't know Jesus, I want you to take a moment and just ask him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart right now. So can you join me in prayer? Father, as we worship you, we bless you today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our lives. And, Lord, I just pray, along with any that may not know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today, that as they call on you, Lord Jesus, we know that you are faithful to hear. And any one person that calls on you today for salvation, Lord, I believe we'll find it. So, Lord... Forgive us our sins. Forgive us of every iniquity. Lord God, and I pray that you wash us and cleanse us by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And I believe that today, Lord, that you are a risen Savior. And I believe that today, that, Lord, that your blood is all sufficient for my sin. So I acknowledge that and I call you Lord. Lord, you're in charge of my life. And today I call you Lord and I call you that with, with under, under the, the, the conditions of your word. And I believe because I've asked you to come into my heart and I call you Lord with my mouth that I'm saved. So today, Jesus, mold me and shape me just like you want me to be. And God, I pray for everybody in this place. Lord, I just pray that today that we will not be a people that's overcome by fear and discouragement. But Lord, I pray I release a spirit of encouragement into the life of every individual that hears this today. God, I decree and I declare that that discouragement will flee and encouragement will come. I decree and I declare that fear will be exhausted and joy and peace will begin to overwhelm us, Lord. Today, Lord, we trust you, we worship you, and we bless you because you are Jesus. You are Christ. You are God. You are Lord. And we worship you today in Jesus' name.